0: Episode 58, Are You Ready for His Return? Well, as we wrap up this study, you've heard me say this before, but like the Apostle Peter, who is so unwavering in his second epistle, he says that we need to be continually reminded. I am so overwhelmed as to how. The Holy Spirit weaved, if you will, the gospel into this song from our repentance or surrender, if you will, in being born again and through the process of maturing and right up to his return in Revelation. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the program. I'm Neil Parks. Here we are with the 22nd episode of this study in the Song of Solomon. Today's program will be the final episode in the Song. But I feel there is a lot more we could go back to another day. So as the day of his return approaches, the burden on my heart is to be intentional and deliberate with the feeding of his sheep. Now, we left off last time with the bride mentoring little sister, if you will. Better put, the immature followers of Christ. The bride has grown and is in full gear now, discipling with the passion that only the Holy Spirit can create To infuse insatiable appetites into all immature followers. You see, folks, when we don't hunger, we don't eat. And when we don't eat, we don't grow. I like how the message translation puts it in the Gospel of John, chapter 6, verse 53. John says, only in far as you eat and drink flesh and blood, the flesh and blood of the Son of Man, do you have life within you. The one who brings a hearty appetite in this eating and drinking has eternal life and will be fit and ready for the final day. My flesh is real food, Jesus talking, and my blood is real drink. By eating my flesh and drinking my blood, you enter into me. Did you get that? Enter into him, Jesus, and I into you. The living God living in you. Now, in the same way, he says that the fully alive Father sent me here, and I live because of him. So the one who makes a meal of me lives because of me. This is the bread from heaven. Your ancestors ate bread and later died. Whoever eats this bread will live always. So now the bride's focus is all about farming the garden of spiritual hearts that Jesus has given her in regard to plowing, cultivating, and sowing seed into the fertile hearts producing bursting appetites for more of Him. Jesus is preparing to leave for a moment in time. But in chapter 8, verses 11 through 13, uh, the Beloved is very blunt with his comparison of worldly farming and everlasting spiritual growth, if you will. Let's pick it up in verse 11, as the Beloved Jesus gives the warning to the garden keepers that trials, testing, And temptations will always be at the front door to distract and violate the master's wishes for growth and maturity in the planting of the seeds and the fertile ground. Now, the beloved Jesus is speaking in verse 11 through 12. Solomon, he's getting after him here, King Solomon may have vast vineyards in lush, fertile country where he hires others to work the ground. People will pay anything to get on in on that reward. And verse 12, the bride speaking, but my vineyard, she says, is all mine and I'm keeping it to myself. Now you see the Lord entrusts the responsibility to cultivate his vineyard to keepers. Each believer is given a certain stewardship, if you will, in his vineyard. You don't need to wait for an official job description or title from a ministry organization to be faithful to your stewardship. So start serving people. Now, the bride continues in verse 12. You can have your vast vineyard, Solomon, you and your greedy worldly guests. Don't you just love how she aggressively speaks? The bride goes on. The bride owns. The vineyard is before her. In other words, she was aware that she will give an account of the responsibility given to her by Jesus. This includes her personal life and ministry as well. The bride is confident that she is able to give Jesus all that he expects from her. She had this same confidence to say, I live to protect and nurture your people. That's in Psalm 8 and 10. I am a wall, she says and my breasts are my towers, and he is satisfied with me. Don't you just love the boldness? Verse 13 uh, says, O oh, lady of the gardens, Jesus talking now, my friends are with me listening. Let me hear your voice. Now she is a team player. The bride's impact until the end is seen as Jesus affirms that the companions who she served are still eagerly listening to her voice because there is a stature of maturity in her life that is obvious to them. They see the reality of God in her. They still receive from her as the daughters wanted to hear her voice back in song 5, 9 and 6, 1. And so others still listen for her to speak. My friend, she is discipling. Now Christ and his spouse are here parting for a while. She must stay below in the gardens on earth where she has work to do for him. He must remove himself to the mountains of spices in heaven, where he has business to attend for her as an advocate with the Father. As the beloved leaves, he throws endearments upon her. Jesus' last words to the bride commend her effectiveness in serving the church. Jesus' names the bride... (laughs) You who dwell in the gardens, did you get that? You who dwell in the gardens, this affirms that she is still dwelling in the midst of God's garden, serving his people, instead of retreating in selfish isolation. You see, she has not quit. The gardens refer to many parts of the church as beds of spices, as in Song six two did. Now I want to read this last scripture verse of the song from the Amplified Translation. I love the way it is put here. Song chapter eight verse fourteen. Joyfully, the radiant bride to him, the one altogether lovely, the chief among ten thousands to her soul, and with unconcealed eagerness to begin her life of sweet, get this, companionship with him. She answered, Make haste, my beloved, and come quickly, like a gazelle or a young heart, And take me to our wedding home, or waiting home, upon the mountains of spices. Now, in conclusion, let's end with this. Revelation 22, verses 17 and verse 20. Verse 17, And the spirit and the bride say, Come, and let him who hears Say, Come. And let him who thirsts say, Come. And whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. Then, verse 20. He who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming quickly. Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Well, let's pray. Father God, oh Lord, we just come humbly today. We come humbly to serve you, Lord. This whole message that we've been studying. Is about you, to glorify you, that you would inhabit your church. Father God, I just pray right now for every listener that is listening, that as they surrender to you, this is all about you. They are love slaves, bond servants for your glory. Father, I pray your will is done in each live life that is listening to this around the world. Father, I just ask that you touch my brothers and sisters. Touch them so they know that when they surrender, that's what it is. It's a surrender. It's a surrender to you to be a vessel, to be used, to bring you glory. Lord, wherever they are, again, I I put them on the altar as in Revelation tells us that our prayers go right to the altar of incense, that they are sweetened and the aroma rises to the throne. So, Lord, be with them, whatever they're going through, whatever circumstance they're in, wherever they may be in in life, Father God. I just pray that they would seek you with all their hearts and their lamps would be full of you and they would be ready to serve wherever you send them to cultivate, to plow in the gardens, to sow seeds, that your word would go mightily to the lost and to rise up the mature so that they would be ready for your return. And I pray this in Jesus' precious, precious name, our Savior. Amen and amen. Well, folks, thanks for listening. Until next time, I'm Neil Parks.